You are listening to A Miracle in the Making with Sarah Pinnock. I live in an area that has recently experienced a torrential amount of rainfall. I mean, just water just kept falling from the sky. And and as soon as it would stop and you think you're finally over it, next day more water falls from the sky. And, you know, the ground can only handle so much water before uh, it doesn't have any place to saturate. Like, it's it's fully saturated, so it doesn't have any place to go. So the water just keeps rising, and, and as it keeps rising, um, that's when things start to get really, quote-unquote, interesting, you know? And, and cities, they spend a lot of time, developers, um, trying to plan out the places that we live, trying to route and predict waterfall and create safe passages for this water to go. I mean, culverts and ditches and, and runoff areas. I mean, they, they put a lot of time, education and effort into figuring out how to deal with what happens when the sky opens up and the floodwaters come. And and as I was driving around this morning, um, I unintentionally ended up in an area that was hit especially hard by the floodwaters, by by the rain that happened. And you know, you see these these carefully laid out roads that had been um, cut into just by the flow of water, just just in a day. You know, it's kind of like a little eerie that that just. 24 hours, something that, that was so solid, the ground underneath your feet, you know, the road, the, you know, asphalt road that you drive on, um, can suddenly just be washed away. It's, it's unfathomable how quickly things can change. The, the structures that we rely on so heavily to get us from places to places, the things that, that we consider to be foundational suddenly cannot be. And so as I was, I was pondering this and looking at this, you know, just all the different ways the landscape itself had changed by this floodwaters, um, I started thinking about the presence of God and, and, and about lives. And, and it was kind of like this, this metaphor kind of came, came to me. And I'm, in no way, shape, or form am I about to minimize the devastating effects of, of floodwaters and the damage that it can do and the way that it can, like literal floodwaters, can disrupt lives. So I'm, I'm not going there, but I, I kind of want us to really think about something important because as, as I begin to, to share this with you, I just it's very important that we know that we are in a time and a place in history that needs a move of God. It is time for the children of God to wake up out of their slumber, to get out of their comfort zone and to rise up. A new revival needs to happen and it needs to happen quickly. And as long as we are so busy being comfortable, that's not going to happen because these things that, that, that we long for do not happen in our comfort zones. They just, they just don't. Um, comfort zones make us lazy and they keep us complacent because we don't want anything to change. And, and so that's what sparked this thought process in me is because, you know, just like developers, just like city planners, just like engineers, we carefully tend to plan out our lives. We carefully, um, create homes and businesses and, and create a path that we determine our life should be. And we spend a lot of time and effort. And, and unfortunately, what we also do is we create um, drainage ditches and culverts for the presence of God to flow. We have designed areas in which we say, okay, God, you can move here. And you can flow here, but we don't, I don't want you to disrupt what I have going on over here. I don't want you to disrupt my finances. I don't want you to disrupt my, my, 
um, my comfortable house. I don't want you to disrupt the plans that I have for myself. You flow here in this area that I have deemed appropriate for your presence to flow. And as long as we're doing that, as long as we are diverting God's presence into just certain areas of our life, we are living a life less than what we should be. And that's a really hard thing to come to terms with. It's a hard thing to understand, and it's a hard thing to change. And so when, as we go to church on Sundays, and as we pray and cry out for the presence of God to fall upon us, what we really should be understanding is that what we're asking for is the presence of God to fall on us and change the landscape of our lives, the things upon which we stand, which means, people, that the foundations that we have built our lives of upon, man, if there's something faulty in there, that means that foundation is going to be torn apart. Just like that road structure I saw today, God has to take away the faulty things in our lives in order for us to be able to build stronger things. And we have to be willing to let go. We have to be willing to allow God to disrupt our carefully laid out plans if we really want his presence to fall upon us. I mean, look at people in the Bible. Look at the stories of the lives that are lived. Look at Ezekiel, for example. Man, Ezekiel, you talk about the presence of God um, totally uprooting somebody's life, totally making somebody uncomfortable. Like I I look at Ezekiel and, and, and think about all the wonderful things that Ezekiel saw. I mean, he saw into heaven. He saw God sitting on his throne. He saw angels. He saw so many incredible things, the valley of dry bones. I mean, just wow, the things that he saw. But have, did you see the sacrifices? Have you, did you read the rest of the book to understand? I mean, son of man, or son of man, lay on your side for one year and, and, you know, cook off of cow feces. You know, you know what I'm saying? Like, yuck. Don't do that to me, God, please. You know, but he made incredible sacrifices. People thought the man was crazy. I mean, he was the guy in the middle of the street in a city street corner holding up the sign that says the end is near. You know, the one that hadn't taken a bath in a couple years with the big fluffy beard, the one that people like to make fun of. That was Ezekiel. But look what Ezekiel saw. I mean, Ezekiel, we still speak about today. And that was what? Thousands of years ago. And not only Ezekiel, I mean, look at look at the disciples. I mean, you think about Peter, he was a fisherman. I mean, they were on a boat and, and you know, Jesus called them forth. They gave up their livelihood. They gave up their business. They gave up everything to follow Jesus. That's a life disruptor. Sometimes our life has to be disrupted, whether we like it or not. And we have to be careful that that we are willing to accept these changes. We are willing to allow God to flow. We are willing to sacrifice everything for Him because that's how we become world changers. That's how we become the people that God created us to be. And I love my home and I love my job and I I love the, the comfortableness things that are around me, but I hope and pray that I love God more than these things. You know what I'm saying? Like... I have to be willing to lay everything down and follow him. I have to be willing to sacrifice all that I am in order to to serve him because I know that it's worth it. And I'm not saying, you know, like on a whim, do these things. I'm saying the presence of, you know, like quit your job just because I said this. That's not what I'm saying. The spirit of God needs to flow upon you and let you know how to direct your life. Same for, for me. 
But we have to allow the floodwaters of God's presence to saturate every part of us so that it can't be contained, you know, so that the, the faulty things, the lies that we have believed, the, the insecurities that we carry, the brokenness that we carry, the unforgiveness can all be washed away by the healing, cleansing floodwaters of the presence of God. And that we can't, it'd be so much that we can't contain it anymore, but that, that, that we are so saturated with Him and with His presence that it flows out of us and it reaches into the next person. And so the next person starts receiving the presence of God as we start to speak truth into their lives. And they, they start feeling the presence of God fall upon them and they become so saturated that they too, I mean, you can't contain it because you're, you're overflowing with the presence of God. And they can't contain it because they're overflowing with the presence of God. And so they start speaking. I mean, that's how revivals start is by being becoming so saturated with, with the presence of God, so consumed with his glory, with, with, his, with his peace, with his everything that you can't contain it and you have to let it out. We need a move of God, but revival doesn't start with a, a group of people. Revival starts with individuals seeking the face of God and accepting whatever he gives and then sharing it. And then it spreads and spreads and spreads and spreads. So are you willing to be a revival starter? Are you willing to lay everything down at his feet so that you can change the landscape in your home so you can change the environment upon which you're in? Because even though it's scary, even though it's uncertain, even though it is unknown, that doesn't mean that it's bad. Because God says he will use all things to the good of those who are called according to his purpose. God is not going to put something on you. It's not going to call you into something that will lead to your ultimate destruction. Because that's not his heart. He has a father's heart. He has a love for his children, all of us. And so his will is not to see us destroyed, to see us barren, to see us struck down. His will is to see us grow and be, you know, fruitful and, and to, to have the works that he does in us multiply. So do not be afraid when the spiritual floodwaters come. Accept what God is doing in your life and, and just go with it. You know, when you cry out for the presence of God, when you cry out for his spirit, know that you are crying out for change. And that change is going to happen in you. And if you're willing to embrace that, if I'm willing to embrace it, then we're going to start to see things happen more and more and more. And the impossible will start becoming possible because we have become used to yielding to God instead of always arguing with God. So I hope this encouraged you some way. I hope that, that you are inspired to, when you cry out to God, to really cry out, to accept his presence fully, because I believe this with all that I am. The world needs more Jesus. The world needs to know who he is. The world needs the spirit of God to fall upon it. It is, it is not too late. There is breath in our lungs, church. There's breath in our lungs right now. It is not too late. The battle has not been lost. In fact, we have been promised that the battle's already been won. So stop believing the lie that it's too late. The world is too far gone and let's get up and let's rise up and be the army that God created us to be. The world changers bringing peace and love to the people that need it most. Now, I would love to hear some of your testimonies or even hear some of your stories about the things that you're facing so that I can join you in prayer as you move forward. 
If you would like to do that, you can comment on whatever platform you are hearing this, or you can email me at booking at sarahepen.org. That's S-A-R-A-H-E-P-E-N.org. Now remember, no matter what you're facing, God is with you. Be blessed.